Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. We have a very special guest. He's one of our overseers. He's the lead pastor of Hill City Church in Texas. Let's give it up for the one and only Pastor Adam McCain. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Thanks, bro. (laughs) Uh, Man, aren't you grateful to have a worship leader who has passion? Good Lord. Been in enough dead churches in my life. Hey, I'm so glad to be with you guys. 15 years. Come on, let's clap one more time. Pastor Jamie, Sandra, we're so proud of you. And so when I was getting ready and preparing, I was like, baby, I don't know if I have a jacket like Pastor Jamie Goldenberg wears. And so I found the one. And so I was trying to look like him. And I think I got pretty close. I don't know. What do you guys think? My wife was like, that's really a winter outfit. And I was like, uh, yeah, but it's the only one I got that uh, looks like Pastor Jamie. So I'm trying to model him the best I can. If you're brand new here at Transformation, this is your first time. We just want to welcome you. Can we clap for anybody that might be brand new? We love you. Bless you. Welcome. May you find a good home church, and we hope that it's right here, right now. Now, um, they've only given me just a few minutes to bring the word, so I'm going to, if you're an international and English is your second language, I want to apologize in advance, um, because I'm going to speak fast and furious, Um, but at the same time, I want the Spirit of the living God to really um, have his free reign to touch our hearts, and um, I just want to share this with you as a church. When we started um, this morning, we had some strong words uh, Uh, my wife and I, for you as a church in reference to your pastors. And one of the words that we got that were really strong is that the Lord is taking you as a church to another level in your prophetic um, purpose and calling. And if you don't know what that means, what we mean is speaking on behalf of God, to speak the word of the Lord to others that make them go, how did you know that about me? How did did you see that? And so that is on your pastors very strong. In fact, Pastor Jamie was just with us at our church and also um, at Christ for the Nations, which I'm the provost of that Bible school there in Dallas. And he moved in the prophetic in a way that was uncanny. In fact, I don't know if he told you, but one, uh, one young lady, uh, he was ministering and he had this moment where he said, now listen, um, the spirit of the Lord, uh, gave me the name. was it Sam, Sammy, Sammy. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And, uh, he's telling the whole congregation this and people are down at the altar and he's praying with people and he goes, and it's a girl's name. And the Lord says this about you. Is there a Sammy in the room? And there was a girl's Right there, on her knees, he goes, uh, that's me. And uh, it was the most impact. Everybody was like, right there, yeah. And then he had a moment with our leadership and literally spoke the word of the Lord, to, laid hands on him for about an hour after our gathering and was so prophetic and right on. And people were getting direction and healings and moments. That's what you are as a church. This is the calling on you, not just on him or on Sandra, but on you as a church. So I'm believing it's going to happen. You're going to see people getting healed in the parking lot, people in the lobbies that you just feel like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this, bro. I know I'm not a prophet or anything. I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. So that's one thing we saw in the spirit. The second thing we saw in the spirit um, is that you guys are going to begin to minister um, at, in the university. There is a calling on this church, and specifically on Sandra and Jamie, to actually reach the next generation. There's a calling on you guys for that. So we saw clearly that there was something going to be transpiring at the university, and every one of you know that we want those university kids to know Jesus. Come on, somebody. So that thing's on you guys, and, and we'll be that, the Lord will be laying that plan out a little bit more. But as I was preparing... I just kept thinking the last couple of weeks about 
how this church became Transformation Church. When pastors Jamie and Sandra took it over, it was called Mountain Ridge Church. And I'll never forget, he called me, he said, hey, I'm taking over church in, in Tennessee and Knoxville. It's called Mountain Ridge. And I said, so do the Oak Ridge boys go there? I mean, Mountain Ridge. You know, being from Texas, I'm like, sound a little Tennessee to me. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about the name. And it really was a colloquial name. It represented the area. But as pastors Jamie and Sandra began to pass here, they heard very clearly that the Lord was trying to transform you into something else, that, that we would have an identity. And so in all of Pastor Jamie's confidence, he renamed the church the church. And uh, he called me, he said, I'm going to name it the church. I was like, you're going to name it the church. So like you have the only real church and the rest of us have bad. I mean, and he's like, nah, like the real church, like the church. And I was like, ah, that's great. And I was just watching this whole thing morph and develop. And then he called me a couple years ago and says, I got the word of the Lord. He says, there's this guy named Michael Todd. He's got this church called transfer. I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. I mean, silly. <laughs> and uh, he says, no, but I just know that what's in us is to transform nations. I know what's in us is that passage of scripture that says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renew into God's image. And I just want to have a church that people, uh, we may all be, we have our brokenness and we, and we're not all going to be perfect, but we want to be like Christ. We want to be like Jesus and we want to be transformed into his image. And I was like, that's the word of the Lord. And so it's from that today, that concept of you being a transforming group that I want to bring you a word today that I've titled becoming. Would you say that with me? Becoming. One more time. One, two, three, becoming. And what I want to do is I want to take us to a moment in the Holy Scriptures where the people of God, the Israelites, uh, God's special people, the Jews, are having this moment where they've got to cross from their old life into a new life and become who he intended them to be. We're going to look in the passage of Joshua chapter one. Now, if you know a little bit about the history of the people of Israel, there was a stint of about 400 plus years where they were slaves to the Egyptians. The, the Israelis had come to a place where they had been hypocritical with their God. They began to worship other idols and God said, okay, then I'm going to take my hand off of you. And, and then once he took his hand off of them and wasn't protecting them, then the power nations around them began to attack them. And obviously Egypt attacked them and made them their slaves. And somewhere in that 400 year period, the people of God looked up and went, what are we doing? And they began to cry out to God for mercy. And so God, as some of you know, you saw the D Disney film, raised up Moses. And, um, and Moses was a Jewish boy. The Pharaoh was killing all the babies because he had heard prophetically that there was going to be a deliverer. So he began to kill all the babies. This is why I'm so anti-abortion because in that womb is someone who's going to change nations. And I don't think it's right. And I know the Bible says it's evil to, 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 terminate, to terminate that life before we have the opportunity to change the world. So anyway, I didn't mean to go down that pathway, but I'm just so passionate about my life because my mama was pregnant at 16 out of wedlock with me. And I'm grateful that she decided to keep me, uh, not having a dad, even though she had hardship and she suffered, uh, as a little single mama with no money and having to be on welfare. I know what that government cheese is. And so the point being is that Moses ends up in Pharaoh's house. God does a miracle and Moses ends up in Pharaoh's house and is trained like he's an Egyptian. And at some point, somewhere around the age of 40, he did Ancestry.com and found out, wait, I'm Jewish. What the heck? <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm Jewish. And, uh, and so he began to care about the slaves of Egypt, his people. 
And, um, and so he ended up in a conflict situation where he fought back a man who was beating a Jewish man, an Egyptian man, and he killed the man. And so he fled for his life. And he spent the next 40 years out in the wilderness, out in, the Bible calls it, the backside of the desert. And somewhere at the end of that 40 years, God spoke to him in a burning bush. And he says, I need you to go back to Egypt and get my people out. And he said, oh, I can't do it. He said, you can do it. And some of you know the storyline. God needed to break Pharaoh down because he didn't want to let go of his workforce. How do you think he built those pyramids? How do you think he did what he did? He had these slaves to do it for him. And so Moses goes into the court and he says, God says, let's let his people go. And from one plague to another, 10 plagues until finally Egypt said, take them, get them away from us. We'll send them with all our jewelry, whatever. And they get out in the wilderness, heading towards a promised land that God had prepared for them. And they again would not serve the Lord completely. They started making idols. And so God said, okay, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin you around in the wilderness for 40 years until everyone over 20 dies off. And then those under 20, I'll take into the promised land that I have for my people, Israel. And when we get to Joshua chapter one, God is making a promise to the people that are lives left. The millions of, uh, of Israelis who've been born out in the wilderness, born in suffering, born in, in a place. They weren't slaves anymore, but they were still making it from, you know, from, from hand to mouth and learning to follow God in that process. And when we get to Joshua chapter one, God tells Joshua, it's time to take my people in because Moses is dead. Pick up with me, if you will, in Joshua chapter one, verse one through nine. Is it okay if we read the Bible in church? Say yes. Come on, you can do better than that. Say yes. Joshua chapter one, verse nine, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of none, bless his heart. He's a son of nobody. Moses, a Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all of these people get ready to cross the Jordan river into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Verse three, I will give you every place. Everybody say every place. Come on, somebody ought to accept that promise. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. This is still the land that is back and forth in conflict because this is the promise that they got so many thousands of years ago. And that's why the Israelis are still fighting for that land. And that's what this is all about. It comes back to this promise so many thousands of years ago. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. How many want that? promise. Amen. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. Ooh, I'll take that one. Never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be able, excuse me, then you will be prosperous and successful. Somebody say amen. Verse nine, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you through the, um, with you forever, excuse me, wherever you go. Now what God does is he says, listen, I'm ready to transform you. I'm ready to for you to become who I've said you would be. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you a couple of promises so you'll be encouraged in the becoming process, in the transformation process. Because there's going to be some pieces here that you're not going to enjoy. There's going to be some pieces here that is going to challenge you. He goes, but I got to get you from here to there. And as long as you're still camped out here, you can never be 
there. I've tried my best for 40 years to work slavery out of your DNA. But now I need to take you from um, just abiding to now conquering. I need to take you from wandering to being in a place of rulership. And I can't get you there if you won't embrace the becoming process. And I'm here to tell you today that Transformation Church, you're being called to become something even greater than you are today. You're personally, as a family, as a man, as a woman of God, God is calling you to become something greater than what you presently are sitting in, acting in, thinking in, and are. So, but to go from here to there, he gives them some dynamics that they're going to have to do. And he starts, number one, write these down because I think they'll help you. I'm calling them three charges to becoming. If you're going to become who I need you to be, I need you to accept this charge that I'm giving you. He starts with number one, and that is to embrace the shift. He says, listen, Joshua, Moses is dead. Duh. Like, why would he need to tell him that? Because what God is trying to, what God is trying to encourage Joshua is like, the guy you've been following is dead. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Embrace the ship, dude. Life has changed. Embrace it. So many of you guys are still holding on. I mean, I watch some of you dudes. You still think that you can run a 4440. You got the dad bod going, but in your brain, you still have abs. And in your brain, you still think, come on, ladies, some of you should not be looking at bikinis right now. All right, now listen, that worked in your 20s. I know I'm messing with you. I love you. I'm so sorry. But the point is, is that you've got to embrace the shift. Or you'll stay camped out at this place that you've been for years, for 40 years. For 40 years, you know what they've been? They've been the little people who've been out there. They used to be slaves, but now they're not, but they don't have anything. They don't have a house. They don't have a yard. They don't have an income source. They're just out there and they get to complaining and God would give them manna. They get to complaining. He'd open up a rock and they would drink water out of it. And he's saying, listen, it's time for you to shift. Moses is dead. It's huge because Joshua has always been just the little guy who served Moses. Our leader is dead. It's time to shift into something new. And in that shift, I promise you, everywhere you go, everywhere your feet go, I will prosper you. Everything you touch, I will make it multiply. In fact, I will never leave you or forsake you. And some of you coming out of the last three or four years where you have much anxiety and worry and you watching Fox News and you can't believe they did that to Tucker Carlson. Carlson, some of the rest of you are like, "Uh uh-uh, Carlson was a devil and y'all got these things back and forth. Bottom line is what we've got to do is let go of the old so that we can embrace the new. We got to let go of who we've been so that we can become who he's planning for us to be. This is the church's finest hour. If you thought three or four years ago, we went through mess with COVID, vax, no vax, Trump, no Trump, this, that, wokeism, not wokeism, CRT, no CRT, all this fight that's been amongst all of us. Friend, it's about to get even more intense. I'm just telling you. And what we have to do is we have to leave the place that we've been in comfort in and become the person that he wants us to be so that we can be a nation that says to the rest of the world, our God is the living God. And if he can take us out of Egypt and he can sustain us in the wilderness and then he can give us a promised land. He says, the first thing you have to do is you've got to embrace the shift. What does Philippians 3 tell us? Verse 13. But one thing the apostle Paul said, I do. 
One thing I do, the rest of it doesn't matter. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, he says, because I just want to know Jesus. I just want to be like him. And, the, and I want to, I want to, I want to understand the fellowship of his suffering. And I, I want the power of his resurrection to flow through me. Listen to me, men and women of God. This is your moment to let go of your old identity, to let go of your old way of thinking and shift into the new promise that God has for you. Cause I want literally, I want to declare there are men in this room. You've never even thought of doing more for God than other. Just going to church. Praise God. Praise God. I went to church. What else? What else do you think? Let me tell you what God wants to shift you into, that you run a business that every time an, uh, someone engages with you, you begin to tell them, hey, I, I need you to know my story. I used to live like this, but God changed me and he can change you. He wants to take you as a business owner and communicate to the community around you that you know what? God has been good to me and he can be good to you. And I submit myself to him and you should submit yourself to him as well. He wants to use every gift that he's given you to change nations. But you've got to make the shift here so that you can go there. Here's the second thing he basically charges them to do. And he says it three or four times. He tells them, be strong and courageous. Everybody say, be strong. strong. Turn to the person next to you and say, be strong. Be strong and courageous. <clears throat> See, what he's telling them is to become what I need you to become, you got to go through something. Because he's telling them, I'm gonna about to take you across a mighty Jordan. But people don't cross a flooded riverbank in full military gear and that be some type of easy process. It's going to be tough. In fact, I'm going to go ahead of you if you'll but follow me. So I need you to be strong and courageous. If we haven't seen anything in the last three or four years, we've seen the fear grip the church. Worried about being canceled, worried about standing up for goodness and righteousness, worried about that your nephew now has moved over into uh, transgenderism. And so, you know, you're a Christian, but you love your nephew too, but you don't want the conflict. And all. This fear has gripped the church and it's time for us to be strong and courageous, not critical and abandoning, but strong and courageous. True love is strong and courageous. I will love you even though I disagree with everything you're saying and everything you're doing. And I will whoop the fool out of my own kid to get that out of him. But at the same time, I just, sorry, I just went a little Texas on you. I apologize. I just want to apologize. Of course, I am still in the South, right? I'm okay. All right, good. Thank you, Jesus. Each and every one of us, he's telling us it's time to be strong and courageous. To come out of the fear. Can you imagine? These men have never been warriors. And he's saying, but I'm going to take you across that Jordan and you're going to fight all of these professional warriors. You're going to go and take the land that I promised you, but they've been living in it. They've established their cities. They have walls. They've been living in peace. So they've built up their military. You've been a bunch of little losers out in the wilderness. I'm, you don't even know how to fight. You don't even have an official army, but I'm going to take you across this river and I want you to whoop every one of them and take the land that I'm giving you. Can you imagine the fear that gripped these guys? So he says, listen, here's what I need you to do. I need you to follow me. So you get the priest out there, get the worshipers out there, carry in my presence and follow them across that river. How's that going to work? They get right up to the river. And as soon as the priest's toes touch it, it opens up and they walk across on dry ground. See, let me explain something to you. You'll never see the miraculous until you start walking towards the difficulty. 
And once you walk towards the barrier, once you walk towards the obstacle, and the moment in God's presence you let your foot touch that barrier, he promises to give you miracles. And can I tell you what happened? When they walk over these hundreds of thousands of Jewish men who don't know how to fight anything, once they get across on the other side on dry ground, all of the Amorites, all the Hittites, all the ones that were they were going to be fighting heard about the miraculous thing that happened, and the Bible says that they literally lost heart. They became fearful and scared. See, when you step out in faith and courage, every demon in hell gets scared of you. This is the problem. But as long as you're on this side of the obstacle, the enemy's happy to talk big and bad to you. You can't ever be a business owner. You can't never step out like you can never be a small group leader at that church. You can never, you can never pray with anybody down front like you see those other people. You know what you've done. You know what you are. You don't know how to do anything. You don't have any training on that. Blah, 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 blah. You know that you've never known how to be a good father. You know you don't know how to lead your own family in a prayer moment there in your living room. Blah, blah, blah. But the moment you say, I don't care what you say. I'm going to take a step towards becoming the man I'm supposed to be. Becoming the woman I'm supposed to be. And the moment you take that step in faith before the Lord, miracles will happen and the demons will shut up. In fact, they'll start fleeing from you. Are you with me today? Say yes. Come on. Do you love Jesus today? Say yes. I can't tell you as one of the oversights of your church, the pain that we've gone through with pastors, Jamie and Sandra over the last few years as different things have happened to this church. See, let me just help you understand what kind of church you're in. You're in a multiracial, multi-generational church. So I say it at my church. I don't know if I can say it at your church, but I say it at my church all the time because my church is a multiracial, multi-generational. I say all the time, if you don't like black people, don't go to church. If you don't, if you don't like black people, don't, don't go to heaven. If you don't like white folk, don't go to heaven. If you don't like Hispanic folk, don't go to heaven. If you don't like Asian people, don't go to heaven because we're going to spend forever together. So we better doggone figure it out while we're here. And the most segregated place on the planet is the church. And so over the last few years, woo, man, if you were in an all white church, everybody voted the same way. Everybody thought the same way. If you're in an all black church, everybody in that church thought and said, if you were in a church, everybody under, everybody, everybody under 40, they got their little skinny jeans, you know, worshiping God. If you're in a church, you know, a little bit more traditional, everybody, hallelujah. You know, you had your, Everybody voted the same way. Everybody thought the same way. Everybody embraced the same thing. But you're not a part of nothing like that. You're part of a group of men and women who say, I may not vote the way you vote, but I love you and I want to do life with you. And I may not see it that way, but, but I want to see through your eyes because I love you. And I know you're hurting and I'm hurting. So how do we keep it together? And as, I, as they walked through that, I kept telling them, you got this. You can do this. God made you and Sandra for this moment made you for this moment. And we went through it, guys. And I'm telling you, I bless you guys, but some of you that were around in that time, we wanted to murder you because you were posting things that were so divisive on your socials. And we're like, you gotta be kidding me. We're in a multiracial church. Don't say that. What's wrong with you? Do you see how that hurts your brother over here? Is that you see how that offends your sister over there? What are we doing? But y'all came through it. And I'll tell you why you came through it. Because your pastors were strong and courageous. Because they knew that they had to go through it to look what we got today. Look what we got. Look what we got. It's a miracle. You are a miracle church. And you need to understand that. And you paid the price to be a miracle church. You're going to keep paying the price. Come on now. All you guys over 50. And you look at all them uh, you know, 30-year-olds and you're like, you need to learn a work ethic, doggone it. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't know how you think you're going to be millionaire because, you know, you're going to be, you know, on all your socials. 
you know, and all that kind of stuff going to make you rich. You need to go get a job, J-O-B, a real job. And all the young people are like, you old farts, I'll tell you right now, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Here, give me your phone so I can help you download Facebook again because you done lost it. Let me tell you something. It ain't going to get easier. It's only going to be more miraculous as we come together and we're strong and courageous. That brings me to the third thing that God tells them. If you're going to become the people that I need you to be, not slaves, not wonders. I'm talking about my people. If you're going to be my people, the miraculous people of God, and you're going to become that, then the next thing I need you to do, and the most important thing, and this is what he tells them, is you need to obey my commands. He said, when you started this thing, I would talk to Moses and Moses would tell you. But then I said, Moses, you're not going to be around forever, ever, so I want you to write down my law and give it to him. I want you to write down my commandments and give it to him. I want you to write down the Torah. I want you to, I want you to record out the law, the law of Moses, so they'll have a guide when you're not around. So he's speaking to Joshua. He says, Joshua, you tell them to obey. And let me read it to you. He literally says it like this in verse seven. He says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful in wherever you go. Do you know why some of you aren't successful? Because you won't obey the teachings of God. And you put these manipulative practices into your businesses. And it's not working all the way. It gets a little bit ahead, but then it shrinks back. He says, if you will obey everything I've commanded, he said, I will make you successful and wherever you go, my promises will go before you. Verse eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be successful, excuse me, prosperous and successful. Do you understand? He's telling this to Joshua. Joshua wasn't raised up by the smartest people of the world of his day. That was Moses. Moses had tutors. Joshua was a slave. Joshua came out of slavehood with Moses as his leader. Joshua had a love for God. And he obeyed the Lord. But he wasn't qualified. See, obedience to God qualifies the unqualified. Pastor Jamie and myself, we don't have big doctorate degrees around our name. We didn't spend 15, 20 years studying other people's opinion about the Bible. We spent 15 years pastoring you. See, he qualified us because we obeyed him. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the brightest. You just need to obey. I'm telling you, he's going to give some of you create supernatural wisdom on what stock to buy and which one not to buy. He's going to give you supernatural wisdom, supernatural wisdom. You're going to be like, how did I, they're going to be like, how did you know to do that? I I woke up like the word tells me I got in his presence. I was reading this Holy scripture. I was in the book of Proverbs and all of a sudden I had this thing come across. I'm in a church that's prophetic. And I thought I I heard the voice of the Lord. So go buy that, go do that, go get rid of that. That's all I've done. That's how I became a multimillionaire in my twenties. Not because I have the business degree because I've been obedient. How did you keep your marriage together 50 years? Because we've been obedient obedient. I love her when I don't like her. (laughs) Cause he told me to, I'm just being obedient. I'm not listening to all this other mess that's out there. What got you here won't get you there. You've got to become. 
Otherwise, you stay locked in here and never become the man, the woman he intended you to be. I love Transformation Church. But this is not the end of your story. This is the becoming part. As we start becoming, you're going to have more people than you know what to do with. And that's going to tick off some of you because you're going to be like, well, all these people, I can't get in the building hardly. Right, because the more you become who you're supposed to be, the more the world goes, I need that, I need that, I need that, I need that. Obedience is not compliance, it's surrender. And I'm here today to ask you to surrender. Would you surrender your rights, your dreams? What your grandma said you're going to be one day. What the professor said you should do. What your ex-wife says you are. I need you to surrender. To whatever he asks you to do. Because we can't just ask our pastors. To become. We need to become with them. Would you stand with me all across the room. They played the keys to tell me to shut up. So I need to. It's been going. About five minutes. There's a third service. Some of you didn't like the concept of doing a third service. But you have to become. Because there's more people to be touched. It's tough. Had to stretch some of the staff. It's not easy for the staff. It's not easy for the volunteer base to do a third service. But there are people that, that won't get saved. I was doing a third service. It was down to 40 people. All my staff was like, oh my God, why do we have to do it? Oh my God. But every service, every one of those services, 10 people would get saved out of 50 people, 40 people. I was like, oh my God. I was like, we're going to do it because people's life are being changed. Yeah. And they're like, ah. they were struggling to become. It was easy on this side of the Jordan. They were happy with me going over there, but it was hard for them. This African-American couple comes. They're weeping at the altar. Four weeks later, she tells me this. She said, we moved here with another church. Prophet so-and-so from such and such. Church fell apart within weeks. I was mad at God. I was mad at life. We didn't go to church for weeks. My husband said, baby, we gotta go find a church. Beautiful black couple. And she's like, well, I don't know. So they got dressed that morning. And they drove and they would go into the parking lot and they would sit in the parking lot to see what kind of people walked out. It's all white people. We ain't going to that church. He, she did this to him for, for two hours because she didn't want to go to church. And they looked us up and they said, and she said, well, this is what she said. She said, if there's a church having a noon service, then we'll know it's God and we'll go, we'll go to that one. We're the only one in our city having a noon service. We're the only one stupid enough to do it. They pulled up in our parking lot. Our second service was letting out. She go, oh, there's some black people. <gasps> oh, look, there's some white people and black people. <gasps> there's some Hispanic folks. okay. I'll go in, but I'm not going to like it. She goes, ah, it's a white pastor. I knew it. She said midway through, she goes, but he preaches black. <laughs> what is he? And by the end of it, she said, we were down at the altar repenting. And she goes, pastor, this is our church. We're supposed to be here. It was a tough for our staff. It was tough for our team, but they needed to learn. We had to become 
so that wherever our feet, he would bless us wherever our feet, that property would be ours. Here's what I want you to do with me for a moment. I want you to close your eyes right where you stand. You're gonna mess up the time on the third service. I apologize, but let's be prophetic for a moment. There, is, there are three things that he, he told them. If you're gonna become what I need you to become, if you're gonna have the promises that I have for you, first and foremost, you gotta let go. You gotta, you gotta make the shift with me. And so I don't know who's holding on to something today, but I want you to let it go. I want you to let go of the identity that you're that dude who just goes to church once a month and you're not really, you know, that whole Christian thing, but you like, you like to go to, I need you to let go of that identity because you're a man of God. And I need you to let go and make the shift, embrace the shift that you're gonna be leading your family in prayer at the dinner table, that you're gonna, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be talking to dudes out, you know, out in the sports places that you like to go and you're gonna be telling them about how God changed your life. I need you, I need you to make the shift in your mind here and now and say, Lord, help me. Some of you in this room, you've literally struggled with confidence and courage to speak truth and I'm telling you, the moment you make a move in that direction, the Lord's going to meet you there. Miracles are going to happen. You need to confront somebody with the bitterness in your heart. You've been scared to talk to them about it. You need to go talk and deal with it. You need to make the moves, the prophetic move of saying, I will be strong and courageous. Or somebody's supposed to start a business. There's at least three people in this room today. God's been telling you, I need you. I need you to do a small group. And you've been like, oh, we're too busy. We got this, we got that. I'm telling you, the moment you make a move towards that obstacle and your toe touches it, miracles will happen. He'll, make, he'll take care of your schedule and your finances and your cars and your houses as you walk in obedience. And then there's a third group in here today. You've struggled to obey. I never forget, I struggle with tithing. I thought it was stupid to give the preacher my money. He had nicer cars than we did. And then when I started reading the Bible, I realized I wouldn't give my money to him. This is me and God having a relational connection and trusting him with the tithe. And then everything shifted when I was able to let go of it. I don't know what the obedience thing is for you, but the Lord's calling you into obedience. Father, we love you. We thank you. We ask you for strength and guidance. Lord, I declare over Transformation Church that they are a church that's becoming everything you promised, that this will be a prophetic house, that Lord God, if they go to the bathroom, somebody's gonna prophesy over them. Lord God, if they, if they see them out at the school district, Lord, meeting, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, they're gonna get hands laid on them and they're gonna get healed because of the people of this church. Lord God, we declare Transformation Church is a prophetic voice to our nation in Jesus' name that'll tell us what right and wrong is and live it out holy, Lord God. I declare that, Lord God, that you're gonna give them, Lord God, the whole university, Lord God, that they're going to have such impact around the nations of the earth through young adults in Jesus name and college students that are going to go all around the earth because of the influence that they had here at Transformation Church. And they're going to touch nations as a result of it in Jesus name. I want you to keep your head bowed for a moment. And I'm sorry to take so long, but I just can't have a gathering like this without giving somebody the opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I remember being in a meeting like this and I didn't know God. And the little preacher dude said, you need, you need Jesus in your life. And I, I didn't know what he meant, but I knew he was right. And today, I want to give that same opportunity. If you're away from God, maybe you've never been a Christian. The Bible says it like this. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Doesn't say we have to give money to the church to be forgiven. Doesn't say we have to light candles or crawl on our knees to be forgiven. Confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ and we shall be saved. That's what the word says. It teaches us to repent of our sins. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, ask yourself this question. If I died in a horrific car accident today, 
If I'm at that intersection and my light turns green and an 18 wheeler coming the opposite direction, hit side swipes me and immediately kills me. And I stand in front of Jesus Christ. What will that statement be out of his mouth? Will it be, I'm proud of you? Or will it be, why did you push me away? Why did you keep pushing me away? I kept trying to reach you. Sir, ma'am, young adult, listen to me today. Now's the day. Now's the time. And so here's what I'd like to do. If you're away from God or you want to become a Christian, I would like to pray with you, lead you in a prayer of confessing him as your Lord and Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, that's me, pray with me. I want to lead you in that prayer. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. The cameras are not going to zoom in on you. This is deep. This is private. And this is eternal. We say, enough's enough. I'm ready. I'm ready to serve God. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. And I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And you'd like me to lead you in a prayer of repentance with no one looking around. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying with? Amen. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. A lot of you. God bless you. Amen. I remember when I threw up my hand, I said, yeah, I want God. I didn't care what anybody thought anymore. Anybody else? Give you about two more seconds. Make sure I see. Okay, bro. All right. Oh, wow. Such a powerful person right there. Amen. Okay. Okay. God bless you, sweet love. Oh, I remember this moment in my life. You can put your hands down. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, just a prayer of repentance prayer of dedicating your life. In fact, I'm going to ask everyone in the audience to pray out loud alongside of you. But those who lifted your hand, I need you to mean this from the depths of your heart. There's nothing magical about the words we're about to pray. What's supernatural is you said, yes, God. Yeah, I want you, God. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to help you put the period at the end of the sentence. So here we go. I want you to repeat this prayer with me and I want you to mean it from the depths of your heart. Come on, everybody in the audience, help us out. Pray it alongside of us. Say it like to say, Jesus, today I admit that I'm a sinner. And I recognize that I've sinned against you. But here and now, I repent of my sins. Change my mind. I turn away from it. I want to serve you, Jesus. So I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for a moment. Father, I pray right now. Peace would overtake those. The Bible calls it the peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.